Do you got your CBD oils ready? You got your dabs lit? Because this is going to be a good one tonight. Tonight we are going to get go back to the Bronze Age and experience the culture and what it was like to go into the Holy of Holies and take part in these rites and literally meet with the gods. Welcome back to the Gnostic Informant, and you are about to attain true Gnosis. And today I have Dr. Amon with me. And I just want to, before we even start, actually, I want to just um, do a little plug for Dr. Amon. And he has a book written called The Chemical Muse. It's all about a lot of the stuff we're going to get into tonight. And just check that out. It does say there's a hardcover for $800, but... You guys have the secret inner mystery code right here. Just get that Kindle version for eleven ninety nine, and we'll get this sorted out later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with that being said, Lady Babylon is the channel that only the only the people who are initiated, the deepest, the deepest of the mysteries, can ever can ever stomach and, and understand and have ears to hear. If you know what I mean, if you think you got what it takes. Check out Lady Babylon, subscribe and hit the bell and watch these videos and get ready to learn the truth about this stuff. Anyways, with that being said, go and subscribe. Go and subscribe to Lady Babylon. He's putting out amazing content. He is not coming from any agenda. He's just doing what he what he he's bringing. He's bringing his his flavor. He's bringing his own what the muse brings, what the muse tells him what to say, basically, if that makes sense. And um. Yeah, any thoughts on that at all? I think that book is way too expensive and I've <laughs> <laughs> Please, if if you have $800 who prices that to throw away, don't don't do that. Yes, well, no. Well, you, you you can get that uh the online for only 12 bucks, so. Yeah, get that Kindle version. I talked yeah. to my, I I sent an email. A lot of people have been saying, "What is this? I can't get your book. It's too expensive." Yeah. Yeah, I sent an email to my publisher and told him today that this is, you know, who knows what's going on with that. Maybe it was some error or something. No, it's just out of print. It's just out of print. So oh. it's the the cost is going to go up. Yeah. Sure. But now's a good time to approach him again about about uh, Jesus and the magic and the naked boy. I think we're, you know, that that ceiling is there and that's what we're going to be talking about today is that that drug ceiling, aren't we? Yeah. Well, before we even um before we even start with this article there was a question from derek lambert from myth vision podcast he said 
in the book Chemical Muse, what's the biggest takeaway? The biggest takeaway from the Chemical Muse is that people in antiquity of all kinds and classes were involved in heavy, heavy drug use. Um, and that's the biggest takeaway. Can you believe that? I devoted an entire book just to get that message to people. Because at the time that I wrote it, there was a huge academic resistance to even talking about drugs. So it, that's the take-home message, Derek. It's the take-home message. Um, and by the way, we've got a poll going, Derek, about whether or not you can appear on next Friday, Satanic Initiation, with a platinum wig and in women's lingerie. So we've got a poll going on right now. I think a lot of our people, I think about 50% were at yes and 50% were at absolutely. All yeah, right. Definitely. I'm going to have to go add my vote to that and uh, cast my ballot as well. Um, but yeah, let's see what happens with that. But uh, you, there's an article. When did it come out today? Yesterday, you said? Yeah, I thought it, I saw it today, but this is, you know, uh, recent. Check the date. Oh, my. Oh, you're not lying. April, April 2023 from Andrew Jacobs. Um, have, I, have I ever lied to you? No, you know? I didn't mean it like that, but uh, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's this a reporter from the New York Times. Well, should we? I mean, it was your idea. Do you want to read this? Do you want me to read this? Yeah, here's what I want. This is tripping in the Bronze Age. Okay. Now, it, um, th this is just an article about some of the archaeology and some of the DNA analysis that they've been doing. So I want people to understand when I say the people in the Bronze Age were heavy drug users. Well, now we have a hair sample that's telling us what they were using. Go ahead. Wow, this is amazing. What a, what a perfect time to find this, for this article to drop. We could talk about it. A new study based on strands of hair found in a Spanish burial cave reveals that humans living 3,000 years ago, wow, use hallucinogens, likely derived from local plants as part of the rituals. Now, the first thing I think about when I read the sentence is they were already at the point where they were advanced enough to know how to extract hallucinogens. You don't just use hallucinogens you have to know which plants can you extract it from which sub what sources do you so we're we're talking that thousand years before jesus christ people are already at the level of being able to extract hallucinogens anyways just i just want to put that thought aside for a second let's keep going ancient strands of human hair found in burial site on the island of mincora spain contain traces of alkaloid substances known to produce altered states of consciousness Bronze Age humans have been credited with a number of civilizational advancements. The invention of irrigation, the wheel, writing systems, and this is what I was just saying, and the ability to forge weapons and tools from the durable metal that lends the era to its name. Now, strands of human hair discovered in an ancient burial cave in Spain suggest another novelty, proclivity for consuming psychoactive drugs. The hair found inside wooden containers hidden deep within a sealed grotto. Every time I hear that word grotto, I think of Pan. On Mincora, Menorca, an island off the coast of eastern Spain, tested positive for a number of mind-altering compounds, suggested that the people who lived there 3,000 years ago incorporated hallucinogenic experiences into the rituals of their lives. The findings, published Thursday in scientific reports of the journal Nature, 
provided the first direct evidence that the ancient Europeans consumed psychoactive drugs, much like their pre-Columbian brethren in Mesoamerica, the researcher said. Elisa Guerra Doshe, the lead author of the study, said researchers were stunned by the results. Stunned? Really? I don't know if I'd be stunned about this, especially because, well, I get, maybe, especially because the cave interiors yielded no detectable signs of the drug's presence. A chemical analysis of the hair revealed evidence of three alkaloid substances known to produce altered states of consciousness, ephedrine, artropine, and scopolamine. Un okay, so we yeah, have... Yeah, and can I just butt in for okay. a second? I wanted to comment that you noticed the researchers were stunned, right? Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I don't think you're stunned. I don't think Kyle Ruck would be stunned, right? Are you... <laughs> Where you were no. just like, yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> no, I was I've been waiting for this to come about. This is hardcore scientific proof of what our texts show is that they're using that, for example, those are the belladonna drugs, right? Scopolamine, atropine, right? Those are the belladonna drugs. The witches have been using those, I told you guys, for centuries, right? Centuries upon centuries, several millennia. So the fact that they found them in the hair of these random, uh, random bron late Bronze Agers, that's fantastic. And remember, and I think the article is wise to point this out, this civilization is known for its progress. Something happened at the end of the Bronze Age and humanity went into a stink hole. They went into a giant cesspool, very much like when the Roman Empire fell to the Christians yeah. and split itself. That's the same thing that happened. There's a dark ages that followed. So this Bronze Age, this is a Saturnian age. This yeah. is a this is a time that we're advancing, and the and the science is incredible. Look what they've got in their bodies. These are psychotic inducing drugs, right? Psychosis inducing drugs. Love it. Now, I'm not an expert on plants or anything, but the the acacia tree, the one that the roots are extracted from to get the DMT that had the high content of DMT, there's a rare there's a rare form of that acacia tree that produces a fruit that looks just like this. So I don't know if there's a reason, I don't know if there's a what that is, but I just that's I just I'm just looking at I'm just pointing things out that I'm noticing. I'm Obviously, I'm just this is just speculation, but I just thought that was interesting. I've because what I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're this thinking, is. You're thinking like a thorn apple plants. What did you say? Say that again. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Thorn apple. You said I'm thinking like a what? You're thinking like an ancient physician slash priest. Like, like right? Pliny would do. Like Pliny right. would well, do. Exactly. Yeah. Right. How do we do that? And that's what's so beautiful. We have all of this information there. This is genius stuff, people. Yeah. And and we totally disregard this this type of research. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, let's, let's just read a couple more uh, passages in here. A thorn apple plant in Spain, the powerful hallucinogens, atropine and scopolamine are found in plants in the nightshade family, such as thorn apple, mandrake, and henbane, which are native to Menorca. The cave, S. Carix, was discovered by spelunkers in 1995 and held the remains of more than 200 people who had been laid to rest over the course of six centuries with the latest burial in roughly 800 BCE. Wow. Many were related across multiple generations. 
Curiously, the cave did not contain the bodies of pregnant women or babies. For anthropologists, the cave's most significant treasure were the tubular boxes, mostly wooden, but some made of antler and held tufts of hair dyed red. You always find red <laughs> dye when we get into this stuff. Like, it's not like we'll hold on to that thought for a second. Anyways, the boxes and their contests survived in large part because of the cave's opening. More than 80 feet beneath the upper ledge of a 300-foot-tall gorge had been sealed off by a rubble that had collapsed long ago. Although there was no way to know why these ancient people were consuming such part. Really? No way to know? I mean, what do you think it is? Like, let's let's put our thinking caps on. Not, I'm not trying to be, like, cynical right now, but, like, really? Why, why, why not? Like, what you think they're just doing it for no reason obviously there's something there's a there's a right happening i mean i'm just maybe i'm maybe i'm being a little uh whatever maybe i'm being too too cynical here miss garadoshi's noted that the boxes featured patterns that present day humans might interpret as psychedelic inspired a series of concentric circles suggesting that hypnotic bullseye drawings of yore ancient humans are thought to have used drug plants for both medicinal purposes and religious ceremonies. But until now, much of the scholarship has been based on indirect evidence such as pottery vessels, smoking pipes, or plant residue from opium poppies or cannabis found at archaeological sites across Eurasia. Wait, wait, wait. What's wrong with that? They make it sound like, that, like that's a bad thing. Like but You know, our, this, this our, is evidence, our evidence is just a bunch of pipes and a bunch of opium residue and cannabis. Uh, but we don't know for sure that they were using these drugs. This is, this is what Ruck has been saying since the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Carl Ruck, it's 2023. He's been saying this since the 1970s. And in, and early on, he people were, like, ridiculing him for this stuff. Like, he was getting he was getting beat up bad for this. Then as the time progressed, all of a sudden, Carl Ruck's right. Bring him back into the universities again. Let him give him another book deal. Like he was, what happened to the whole two decades where everybody said he was crazy, you know? And he's the person who coined the term ethnogen. But I'm going to, let's hold that thought for a second. You want me to keep reading this? Giorgio Samarini, an Italian ethnobotanist who specializes in the archaeology of psychoactive plants and who was not involved in the study, says he was exhilarated by the findings. He said they added to a growing body of evidence suggesting that hallucinogens were an integral part of ancient societies worldwide. He said the context of the findings suggested that drugs were consumed as a part of a religious religious ritual. This was not a profane purpose of searching for a high, but more generally the search for existential meaning that has been largely lost to time, he said in an email. Because the strands lacked in their bulbs, scientists were unable to do a DNA analysis that would allow them to determine the sex of those who had consumed the compounds. The three compounds have a long history of human use. Ephedrine is a stimulant that provides bursts of energy and mental clarity. Wow. And it can stave off sleepiness. I, know, I bet you there are uh, legions and uh, military units had lots of this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're you're always wondering what's, what keeps these, these armies going in the ancient world. They're doing so they're doing way more than, than they do today. Like, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Turns out it's, it's a They have, they have meth armies, bro. 
Yeah, and this is what was going. Didn't they bring this back in World War II? Also, they tried to or something like the Nazis or something. I don't know. I heard the Nazis did, but I don't. I don't I've seen that on that. documentaries, but who knows? Atropine and scopolamine are more de- powerful deliriants that can produce hallucinations and out-of-body experiences. In higher concentrations, atropine can lead to respiratory failure, paralysis, and death. Although impossible to know for sure, Ms. Guerrero Doche said the presence of these drugs suggests that people who use them were guided by someone, perhaps a shaman, who understood their powers. There is so much more we need to learn, she said. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's kind of that's, that's kind of funny, don't you say? You have to give her that in the end. Sure. You know, you know why she says that? They had to have somebody who knew what they were doing. Because you can't just give somebody atropine and scopolamine, which are psychosis inducers, like this kind of site, not just craziness, but the kind of psychosis where you feel you're being pursued by a giant goat with horns. So you scream and try to bring the plane down. Those are the kind of drugs that they're talking about these people are using. So somebody had to have significant knowledge. They had to have significant knowledge about how much of these things to use and how to use them without killing people. So yeah, that's right. fantastic. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. And that and those are like your ancient doctors. They're, yeah, they're, they're the people doctors, who know who know how much to give. They they have experience in the field. They have the knowledge that they might have the they might be the ones that know how to write and read and stuff. And I'm talking later, but like stuff like that. Well, um, this is this is Bronze Age. You can say later in Greco-Roman society. That's true. Right? They are writing in the Bronze right? Age. Right? These were Bronze Age yeah. people, right? Who do you think's developing? It's these scientists. They're the ones that, that, that that's when writing starts during the Bronze Age. The writing, right? And it's always a woman, you know, Evander's mother. It's because they're the witches, man. And there was something about using these substances that made them able to enter a golden age of building and uh, metallurgy uh, that was only followed by this dark age of bs you ever look at dark age pottery it's like dude you guys are going backwards that's evil knowledge that's evil knowledge given by the fallen angels remember what enoch said that's evil knowledge it reminds me of the byzantine art you know it's terrible that early byzantine christian art i don't care what you say i don't care what you say this stuff is spooky bad you know what i mean it's almost like you can trace the history of the human intellect through time and for some reason when human civilizations use these concoctions of psychotropic substances and bathe their babies in them remember if they're in the hair if they're in the hair they're going to be exposing the the fetus to these as well right it's in the body so those children are coming out with the benefit of the extra connections that all of these psychotropic substances build in the brain imagine a kid built on this capacity with this ability to make all these connections but it also it also explains the the um connection to the 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 deep connection that these ancients had to their gods like the god told me to do the god said to do, there there's always like there's no no one's questioning you don't really have like this Everyone's just as connected to their gods back then. It's just how the world was. And it makes you wonder, is this because there's this is is this part of the process, maybe? Maybe especially in the priesthoods, I'm guessing. Shamans, right? 
I'm just throwing ideas out there. I could be wrong, but no, 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 no. I think you're exactly right. And that's the world. You're helping to build a picture of that reality. And that's the world. You can take a seal, a trojiscos, and you can stick it in your bottom and it will allow you to see visions. You're going to hit the floor first though. And if you look at John in, uh, in the apocalypse, there's a reason the angel breaks the seals in order to have these um, visions that take place, right? They're doing this actively. There's some, there's um, active, people don't realize that you come as human beings, you came through a period of heavy, heavy, heavy drug use that gave you the, a lot of the benefits. It's even attributed in your stories. Today's topic is the drugs. You, you don't get anywhere without those drugs. Those drugs are from the sons of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. we get into some of these sources that we're going to blow people's minds with these sources, I just want to throw a couple, um, couple of sort, couple sources for you, some tools for you and in, in the audience out there. This is a PDF, a wonderful article from Professor John Scarborough, legend. I have the entire PDF in the description. It's colored images. It's all yours for free. It's in the description. So that is for you to check out on your own time. So if you want to learn more about this stuff from an expert, John Scarborough, it's all in there. All this stuff is in the description. You can click on it, download the PDF, have it on your iPhone, read it at your leisure. And um, so that's that's available in the, in the description as well as the links for Lady Babylon and the comic abuse. And, and before we get to the sources, I just want to point something out real quick. Kyle Ruck is one of my favorite scholars of all time. I've had him on this channel a few times. This term ethno, ethnogen, psychoactive substances that induce alterations in perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, and behavior. So these, this is a term that was coined by Kyle Ruck. See, ethnogen was coined in 1979 by Kyle Ruck, as well as some of his other colleagues. Uh, the term is derived from two words of ancient Greek, entheos and genestai. So it's 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 means full of the god, possessed, uh, enthusiasm, right? Come into being. These are all get again, you know, the genomai, genosai, come into being, uh, entheos, you know, um, enthusiasm, possession. It's body. just literally, it's just literally in the preposition in and theos. Yeah. So yes. it's describing a state. It's, it's, it's Bacchus possession. Yes. It's and, and, the and God the, with, yeah. And the reason why the I say that, the reason why I say that, well, first I just want to read a quote from Kyle Ruck from the 1979 Journal of Psychedelic Drugs. Just want to let you guys, I'm just trying to show you guys how much of a legend Ruck is. When you think of the 70s and then the, the whole hippie culture that came out of the 60s and 70s, who was behind, who was doing all the academic stuff behind the scenes? It's your boy Kyle Ruck, 1979 Journal of Psychedelic Drugs. He writes, in a strict sense, only those vision producing drugs that can be shown to have figured in the shamanic, shamanic and religious rites would be designated entheogens but in a looser sense the term could also be applied to other drugs both natural and artificial and induce alterations of consciousness similar to those documented for ritual ingestion traditional entheogens now he wrote a book about this called the road to elusis 
and it's one of my all-time favorite books. So in here, not only do you get a, a, a really good layout of Entheogens, but he also has a translation of the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. And he describes in these rites, in the Eleusinian Mystery Rites, you have Bacchus, who possesses you from taking the wine. But the ergot, the ergot is the grain, the, the grain that has mold on it. And those two mixed together, you have your, your bread and your blood. Get it? Like it's, like it's like a Eucharist. But it's like a holy Eucharist where, and, and when you were initiated, you took this kaikion, this drink, and you went to a state of possession by the gods, Bacchus and Demeter. And you would ma- you would go into that state and you would marry Persephone, the daughter. You would have vision of her, and they all and she de- would meet you, right? They all describe that vision. They say you see her. Who who is it? What is it that happens? You and see o- her. And often you would get an oracle, or you would have an experience that would change your life, and you would. N- and a lot of times they described it as people taking this, having this experience, getting initiated, and never feeling death ever again. That's a common, a common thing people write about these mysteries is that people would take this, take part in this right and never, never experience any anxiety of death. Yes. So salvation the, happening. The side effect, the side effect of taking the drug at Eleusis is a sudden loss of the fear of death. I think that sounds like a, we can work with that side effect, right? That's way better than the big pharma's doing right now. Yeah, I think so. So that's wanted to lay that out as a forerunner for what we're about to get into. We have some sources. And um, the first one that you sent me was about Joseph. Because we're, we're continuing. We are sort of continuing your talk from last night on your channel. And the last thing you touched on was this, this passage about Joseph. You're muted. You're muted. Great. Yeah, I can say just a couple of words, but um, just to bring it back, right? This is a form of an interrogation. This is a type of interrogation, and it's described by Pliny. And it's the use of drugs to induce hallucinations that will put you in such a state of fear that you will tell, you'll confess whatever your your ill, your hamartemata are, the things that you've done that are wrong right and they will see this it says in your eyes so they tie them down they buy they restrain them right and it's translated terribly it's translated terribly um like they just run off into the wilderness and come back right but anyway this passage is all about that drug right it's all about that drug and the use of that drug that can bring them to the point plenty describes this he describes the whole process and says the magi are the best interrogators. So when you say drugs in antiquity, you got to realize you're not only talking about drugs that doctors and priests are talking about, you're only talking about the drugs that you can buy in the marketplace, the ones that they're using in the military. You're also talking about the ones that you can get at the taverna and the ones that you can go and buy that will cause these initiatory kicks. So the, it's a it's a big deal. When John does it and he's using his drug and he's like, oh, right passes out and then he has this vision um don't be surprised right that that thug was that's that thug was mainlining it you know you know so let's go let's go back 
to our boy Herodotus. So this is before Alexander the Great even. This is, this is like right before Hellenism burst through the East and the time of Herodotus. And we have a source, right? What is this? So do you want to see? Do you want to tell us what the Greek says or do you want to go to the English? English? You're muted again. Sorry about that. I was going to tell you, no, let's just stick with the Greek. But okay, all right. Yeah, so the Scythians are using the, now they say the seeds of cannabis. And people have always thought, wait a minute, cannabis doesn't have psychoactive, well, you're not going to get the effects from the seeds as much. The problem is whenever they refer to cardamom, the fruit of the plant, they're referring to the seed-containing vessel. So um, when they're talking about seed, they're talking about bud. Yeah. So what do the what do these Scythians do? They um, take these these buds and they throw them onto these hot rock, right? These hot rocks, and they pull over themselves these cloths, these mats, or these, you know, hemp <laughs> hemp made. The Scythians wear hemp hemp clothing, right? And um, one of them, somebody says, I think it's Herontis, Somebody says you can't tell. Um, the difference between it, the hemp and the linen, it's that good. Um, they're that good at it. So, you know, that's nice. Anyway, so they throw the buds on the fire and they pull these things over themselves. And um, it, it's such an incredible, It's he says it's better than the Greek vapor baths. What's a vapor bath? A vapor bath is when you expose yourself to vapor. We would call that hot boxing. That's the best way to put it, right? But what do they do? They, um, by the way, he says the Scythians do this in lieu of bathing, in wow. lieu, in lieu of bathing, right? And so they'll fumigate themselves with cannabis. Isn't that nice? And it's, you know, uh, maybe it's better for your skin. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, and their women put on, uh, it says a lot of these, it gives different ground up types of. Uh, um, woods along with frankincense and they put this stuff on their skin right and you can tell from the smell it smells real good it's, it's a good it's a great passage um, from Herodotus that shows us they're using it but it says that when they use it they enter into this it says the oru ontai the oru ontai and what is the what is the um, oru my oru omai there we go yeah to howl yeah, like dogs or wolves to howl. Notice it says to bellow at the bottom. So to make that, they got some kind of group thing they do when they enter into these baths, these cannabis baths. So when somebody asks you, remember these are the Scythians, right? This is an old, old prehistoric, uh, pre-written history, right? right? Pre prehistoric culture. So they've been using this cannabis you know uh, wow they make some howl baby yeah wow, that's it. what it means huh i didn't know that yeah yeah let's go to cannabis speaking of cannabis let's go to that definition do you have that definition of cannabis from right up front um this one yeah no that's for the bath you can hang it there for just a minute so oh, I'm sorry. i got Ga galen's cannabis that one no lutron go back to lutron the one okay. that was before that so this is a bath right but look down about three quarters of the way, my Greek students will see nymphica lutra. 
the conveying of water to the bride. So when we are in the um, apocalypse and you see the Scythian Orphic terms that are coming into the apocalypse, um, you'll understand we're at a wedding. Well, now you know why. Oh, right? I see. Those, those waters, those waters carry the drug, right? That's what they call it. They call them well carried by water. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's just interesting. A te te technical term. And when you're that nymph entering that marriage, you want to be high. You want to be high. I something to do with the brain experience. Yeah. Here's your cannabis. Yeah. Here's our cannabis. Look, um, cannabis, hemp, cannabis, sativa. That's nice. That's nice. But I want you to notice, um, the verb three quarters of the way to the bottom, cannabis thani. Yes, the Greeks are so interested in cannabis that they've got a word that means to subject yourself to the fumes of burning bud. Isn't that nice? We don't have a we don't even have a verb like that to can to cannab to cannabize. Am I cannabizing? Or is someone cannabizing? Mm, vapor bath. I don't know about that. That's wonderful. Okay. Let's go to one more. I want to look at some Galen. Yeah, look at this Galen. I just want you to notice in the middle. Now, people, this is fun. This is fun. This is from something that's unpublished. You're not going to see this anywhere. It is from uh, Galen, specifically the Kuhn edition of Galen, which if you see the date on that is 18, wow. 1823. I bought these from Johns Hopkins. Yeah, I bought them. Um, all of Galen, and that is from a work that's never been. Oh, published. it's just in Greek, or they have? They have a Latin translation that's terrible at the bottom. Wow. You, John Scarborough, my advisor, told me right away. He was like, "Don't." He said, "You can use the Latin as a crutch for when you can't quite figure it out." But he said, "Don't rely on the Latin. It's terrible. It's terrible translation." <laughs> so yeah no it's wow, you had some, i'm just i'm just amazed that the people who taught you rock scarborough you had you were in good hands that's why yeah. I, I tell people right now that are watching this you're learning from someone who learned from the greats and this is getting passed down to you now so keep your take take your notes get your get your notebooks out and learn this stuff and eat the, i'm i'm learning right now i'm loving this but anyways let's let's learn right through this passage nobody's seen this thing and now look at this um this is near uh the bottom ignore it look at the middle you have the section that's the greek on the top latin on the bottom look at that last two lines of the greek right and we're talking about concerning the seed of cannabis right concerning the seed and he compares it he compares it to hognus costus which is the um, it's one of the uh, sativa. Is it sativa? No, uh, I mean, it's one of the, uh, oh, it's one of the ones that activates mu opioid receptors. Uh, indica, indica. Salvia. It's of oh, the salvia. salvia. It's of the salvia fam uh, genus. So it, it, Galen acknowledges, long story short, Galen acknowledges the effects, right? These both plants both have the same effects, but their seed. Right. And is he talking about is he talking about actual seeds? No, he's talking about the seed itself of the plant. Right. Which is the power. It's where the power is that 
is different. And he goes on to describe right now. So realize what we're doing. We're talking about two psychotropic substances. And he's talking about distinguishing these two plants by their effects and how they can be used to treat disease. Right? So he's talking about um, cannabis. And he says on the next page, go to the next page. And just at the uh, bottom of the first paragraph in Greek, I want you to notice that, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't put my, let me put my glasses on. He says it has a heating, right? It's never been translated before people write. So here we go for the first time, right? Um, it heats excessively, right? It heats excessively. And because of this, it, he, he says it grabs the head. It takes hold of, it possesses the head. Yeah, it controls the head. Okay, you can see what he's trying to describe with cannabis, right? And when taken quickly, when taken quickly in a large amount, what happens to it when you really fumigate yourself with, with it? Um, yeah, it sends out this smoke sends out the smoke through which the people who are breathing it receive a thermic and a medic or pharmacotic power. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Isn't that nice? That's a pharmacotic, that pharmacon root in there. And please don't mention, please don't mention goats. Everybody, let me just say this. Where does that come from? Oh my God. It kind of, it, okay. Should Have we pull ever, up this? Yeah, it comes from seminaries. It comes from seminaries where we, you know, we go in the back, we go in the back and you hear the, oh, 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 and you don't know what it is. And you're like, what is that? Is that the pipes? Um, no, it's not the pipes, right? They came out, by the way, with that. Did you see the, the child molesters all got published? Yeah. <laughs> it happens too often. Yeah, it happens a lot. That is where that started with that goat. That's where it goes to the goat. And it's only through seminarians. When somebody tells you Pharmacon has anything to do with the goat, run from that person. They do not read Greek. They only pretend to, and you don't know better. So what are that, they getting it from though? Forget, just... forget the goat. They're getting it from one passage. They're getting it from one place that I studied ancient pharmaca drugs for 12 years, for 12 years, and not once in any of my medical sources that I ever see. It's not in here either. That I ever see the goat. <laughs> There's no goats in here either. <laughs> right, the goat of propitiation, ho, ho, ho. And then they try to tie it into Semitic studies. Oh, that makes sense. The church are the worst. They're the worst scholars. They're the worst. At, they really at are, man, they really are. They're the worst. Anyway. Because they have an agenda. But anyways, yeah. Pull up all of it. Here's the definition for Pharmacon, right? It's okay. You can see lots of drugs, lots of drug stuff. I want you to look at B at the bottom. This cum genitive, this takes a genitive, right? So with the genitive, it's the drug of something, the drug used for something. And you have drugs for diseases. You have drugs for head problems, right? Drugs for uh, difficulty urinating. Um, drugs for thirst, right? Now, go to the next one. Enchanted um, ocean. Look at that. 
Theocritus. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if you ever get a chance, read Theocritus. You got the Oxford translation, and it's such beautiful. What do you call it? Adils? Adils? Adils. Yeah, good. They're so amazing. Uh-huh. It's it really reading those Adils will really take you back in time. In his in the what is it fourth century BCE when Theocritus is writing something like that. Anyways, fourth fifth yeah, it takes you back and brings you. You feel like you're on the countryside. And you're looking there and you see a Priapus stat. He's talking about Priapus statues on the countryside and the mountains. And Apollo and Pan are playing their flutes and they're and they got the lyre. You gotta read Theocritus. He really, really gives you a peek into the time period. There's because his imagery, the imagery that he portrays is amazing. Brilliant there, writer of the time. His his Bacchic, his Bacchic idol is to me the most wonderful but he has a great one about witchcraft and and medicines yeah and, and that's what this is right here enchanted potion great yeah beautiful and you see that theoc yeah. yeah okay nice and uh number two look at roman number two number two it's also a means of producing something wait what and you see pharmacon soterias the pharma no the drug of salvation this is what Carl rock was writing about yes this yeah. is that this is that state that you enter into by drinking the kaikion and you it was, mm-hmm. it was a yes. salvation. Yes. Yes, sir. Notice keep going, keep going down that line, and you'll find near the end of that paragraph too, that you also have the pharmacon manias, right? The drug of what? Of mania. The drug wow. of mania. So they mania. They know the psychedelic states are there, right? They understand that, right? Well, Plato talks about that divine mania. Yeah. The highest yeah. state of consciousness there is. Yeah. Rockcliffe writes about it too. Yeah. So there's a lot. Look at all the. I also sent you one. Notice number three is dire paint. Don't for oil applied for wrestlers too. Yeah. Don't ever, don't ever forget that that dire paint is like part of the heart of the mystery it is always purple purple red red. yeah Yeah. it's like like, yeah Yeah. burgundy red purple Um, but it's funny that you say that because the two main plants that people use to extract dmt from is mimosa hostilis found in south america and acacia confuser root bark which is found in the uh tibet over there mountains they both are two, they're from two different plants, but they both produce a red-purple dye. And they happen to have the highest amount of DMT in them. It's just like, why is it always that the drugs that produce the highest psychoactive always for have dual purposes of producing a purple-red dye? It's the weirdest thing. Nature is a weird thing, man. Nature is just... What it is about that, I'll never know. Nobody believes me, Neil, but I'm like, dude, I had my publisher in New York. I was sitting in the Flatiron Building. It's a huge deal for me, right? Sitting in the Flatiron Building right after the publication of Chemical Muse. And he goes, hey, I want to know something. Why are those Etruscans always painted red? Right? <laughs> he was getting to the brilliance of the dyes that are used, the skin dyes that are used, and people tell me, oh, that can't be, that can't be. I'm telling you, they're getting high off of the dyes. And you'll ask yourself, what was the, what was the hair that we found from the Bronze Age? It was dyed. 
right? Looks, looks red. Do a chemical analysis on what kind of dye that is and tell us if it has psychoactive capacity, right? Tell us what, what's going on. Um, they're putting the serpent. Purple people. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenicians, bro. Phoenicians. And then and the word Canaan even means purple people too. It's, there's like a dual yep. etymology happening in there. And then Pelasgians. Yeah. Right. Pelasgians came out of the east. They came out of the Turkey area, Black Sea right. region. Right. That right. means purple people too. Yeah. Pelasgus is a word for purple, the actual purple substance. Yeah. So these are all people following the use of a drug. And remember, I can't stress it enough. This is one of the peaks of human civilization. I mean, just reading, just reading the pharmacological works is difficult, very difficult. And plenty even says he he gives it up and he's like, oh man, he's like, there's they're just showing off their knowledge. Those those magicians are just showing off their knowledge because they they have one etheriac with 54, I think it is, ingredients in it. And each one has tiny, tiny measurements to it. He says they're just showing off the the um, incredible science. Do you know what do you know what my hypothesis yeah. is and why this is the case? When you introduce writing the word anything whether it's hieroglyphs whether it's an alphabet i don't care what it is because you got that linear a linear b you also have this phonetic script that comes out of the you know uh the levant or whatever but when you have writing you can now record things and pass it down to the next generation whereas before writing you can still get pretty advanced but you're telling it's all oral here let me teach you how to let me teach you how to extract these hallucinogens. Let me teach you how to, you know, let me teach you how to do this. Let me teach you how to hunt. But like now you can write it down and the elders can have it in their temples. And then not, you have a knowledge base and it builds. So that, writing, writing is such a game changer. That's why I think it's so exciting to see that connected with that writing is the purple itself. Yes. Right. So is it that they were using something? that got them to a point of brain development where they just had to create the writing? Is that where, cause think about it. You and I are, were in the stupid ages, right? And <laughs> you and I can read, but could you invent a language and get it out to your people so that it covers their spoken line? I mean, this is brilliant. These people are linguists. They're not just philosophers, they're linguists. Right. And, and they're on the purple. Is the purple giving them for the for those of us who are in the psychedelic renaissance i'd like to ask is there a boost that psychedelics absolutely. psychedelics give you in brain development it absolutely right? expands your mind and it, and it also helps a lot of people from ailments such as drug addiction because they this is something about that mind expansion experience that i'm just talking from i'm talking from experience i'm not making this up it's, it's that's true it's just true to that there is these are the same people who are making the antikythera device and all that kind of stuff which they're still trying to figure out analog right? computers man <laughs> right. like who, what they're just walking around with po pocket computers iphones basically yeah. <laughs> ancient it's iphones dude because it was small it wasn't big it was just a tiny <laughs> little device and it's a it's it's considered to be an analog computer and it can measure the stars and predict the moon cycles and sun cycles what and we're just we're just like eh, yeah they had that 
you could put you could plug in talking about this shit you know what i mean like i don't know and i'm it's exciting to hear when i found out when i found out about the antikythera that changed everything for me so if they're that advanced um it doesn't surprise us then that you can do things like you can have a fetus developed on uh, develop under the effect of drugs so much so that like one of the tribes in north africa it would take under the influence of the under the governance of the romans but they're a north african tribe they um take their children um they're so confident at their women being able to pass on immunity to their children that they expose their children upon birth to the north african viper right and the kid plays with and becomes friends with the viper from the from the cradle and they say the ones that get bit because inevitably they get bit and don't survive those then are are taking out with them they didn't say genes but they're taking out that weakness they're burning off the mortality of that of that tribe by by genetic manipulation basically this is genius stuff man people people ask me about the drugs and and um why is it so difficult for us to get this over to the to the scholars you're bringing on the scholars neil you're yeah. bringing them on ask some of your scholars what do you think your scholars are gonna say about drug use ask them tell me about drug use in antiquity how many of them do you think are gonna say most of them say that's not my field it's not my field a so it's not the one that is their field or you for one or rock and a lot of times there's just a different it's a whole different field but and but here's the thing and i'm glad you brought this up because if the field tells us a lot about the other fields and this, and and for someone to not know this it might it might alter the way they're um the, the their their take on some of this stuff you know, does that make sense what i just said yes and they may then if they around. knew some of this stuff that you're talking about it might help them out in some things that they're like why are there all these religious ceremonies doing certain things this doesn't make sense and then you're like it's because boom 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 yeah like, oh that's why that's why yeah. that's why the soma yeah. that's why the and so i'm i'm just saying like this is a big piece of the puzzle yeah the pharmacon is a huge piece of the puzzle that Come a lot here. of people are not looking at Kyle Ruck looks at it. In fact, there's a, there's a strange verse about Demeter. And it says that she lifted him in her immortal hands, talking about this divine child, and held him to her fragrant breast. And his mother rested content. Demeter nursed the handsome son of wise Kellius, the son whom Matanera bore. Matanera whose robe hung in thick folds about her hips. The child flourished and grew like a god, for he fed not on mother's milk, but upon ambrosia, the food of gods, with, with which Demeter anointed him. There's that, that word, that Christos in the Greek. It actually says that. Anointed him as anointed as if born a god himself. And so... You, when you, you and Ruck read that, and you know there's some sort of cultic drug, not on the milk of a mother, but ambrosia, the food of gods, and it's anointing. And you're like, okay, there's something happening with this. What's going on here? 
Yeah, and we know Zeus drinks that out of Ganymede's anus too. Ambrosia. Yeah. What is yeah. it? So, yeah, it's the it's the food that keeps our ichor. It keep their ichor is our blood. So the analog is the immortal blood is the ichor. And that substance keeps our ichor alive. So people will say, oh, well, the ambrosia and the nectar, those are the things that the gods, it's their food. It's what they have to have to survive. And you think of the fairy tale, right? Don't think, don't get stuck in the analog, right? It is the substance whereby the divine is maintained. So of course it's in the mystery, right? And of course they're referring to it in these religious contexts, right? Which burning off his mortality, it says. Right, right. And strange that, passage I, i'll never i'll always go back to this passage and look at it and just say what is what is what is and i know it's not really homer that wrote that but it's 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 a homeric hymn and i'm just but i'll just say homer what was homer saying when he wrote that you know something's like there's some message there's something deep happening in this passage, and it's and there's and there's no it's it's this is the central text to the eleusinian mysteries this is the New Testament of their of their movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. And why is the mother's reaction like it is? She right. You would out. think you would think she would want it. if I came in and a god was stripping off the mortality of my child, I'd be like, "Thanks, bro. That's awesome." But what does she do? She screams and pisses Demeter off, and she's like, "You know, screw you!" And she throws the kid down. He's like, "Oh." Yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's in that next passage, right? Right after that, yeah. I don't have to make your kid immortal. I she's would like, have. I would like, yeah, have. I was about to make your son the anointed god, yeah. the god child, but you don't want it to be, so fine, I'm out of here. Yeah. But it's such a weird, the reason why it's such a weird passage is because she's, it comes after Persephone gets taken down to Hades. You know, the famous scene, the rape of Persephone. She gets taken down. Uh, Demeter is mourning and she's trying to find her and then randomly she just this happens she just goes and finds these people takes their child almost makes them immortal and then stops and then leaves it it's the weirdest passage of all time I'm and it's still even Ruck was like yeah it's, it's kind of a mystery beyond it it's the mysteries it's, it's is, supposed to be a mystery this is in connection with Balbo having exposed her vagina to the queen who is under the influence of the opium, right? Because we know that's all she's got. She can't eat anything. Right. right? But she does partake of the opium. Yeah. Right? That's why classicists, that's why scholars, shame on them. We don't give them an excuse because they don't read Galen's pharmacology. <laughs> we don't we don't give them an excuse because they know these myths and they know the fact that these drugs are all over these. Look at Homer. Homer is full of drugs. Homer is full of drugs. We even have the queen of drugs in Homer who's taking something, a little rod, and sticking it in the backsides of these men, right? Come on, man. Why didn't you people? Because they didn't want to, man. We can't, like the head of my department said, she said, if you've got to take out from your dissertation all the references to recreational drugs. It was a dissertation she said, you got to take out all the recreational drug references. And I said, why? And she said, because the Romans just wouldn't do such a thing. <laughs> wow. And you're like, Dude. 
the text don't say that yeah right the text don't care right the text just says what it says and if we've got i'm not mistaken i think it's like seneca or so maybe cicero it's one of those first century bc writers in the roman republic talking about how you can go to the market and get anything you can get viper venoms you can get there's all these different flowers and plants and it's like you just the farm there's no you don't need a script to the pharmacy like you do today you just walk to the market and buy it there's no like like prescriptions from anybody you just went right to the you just went and bought it galen galen is very critical of the roman marketplace he says you have to be careful because they adulterate stuff the drug sellers adulterate and he says you know that this is that this substance is genuine unadulterated if it looks like this or if when you put it in water it acts like this you know what i mean so yeah 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 and by the way um there are no world's experts on galen there aren't i'm the closest you can get and i know that there are a couple other people since me who have studied you were the one that was translating galen as in the 90s students yeah i was i was translating his uh, work on black bile that was that was a big project for me but there are no world experts there are thousands of pages i'm telling you as a dude who's untranslated thousands of untranslated pages thousands of them i cannot i cannot tell you how how deep his wow. work goes how deep it's and how did he do all that you know what i mean how he was so prolific he was a carl ruck is equally prolific as galen he writes so much he publishes carl ruck writes a lot he's got a lot of books number of books right a couple of years he publishes you know he's what still I mean? going too yeah he is and he's yeah he's a great scholar he's and he's uh for anybody who wants to see anything that has to do with uh Eleusis or with mithras he does a lot on mithras yeah Yeah, a lot of the early cult first century the guy does everything that's what i'm gonna bring him back on for is for mithras because we touched everything else on him but i gotta bring him back for mithras because mithras is such a mystery too we don't have any all the texts are gone. It's just just inscriptions on stuff. That's all we have for Mithras. And then we got the PGM. But anyway, that's another story. He but got, uh, you, you he have got busted. He got. Let me let me tell you one thing about Carl Rock. He got busted by his faculty um, for and had a class taken away from him because he made reference to some homosexuality that made students not feel comfortable. Right you know en- enough to complain i got news for you when when i learned about that i laughed knowing that they wouldn't... can't go to ancient greece and not talk about that i'm sorry you can't if you if you're if if that like if you're if you're gonna sit there and say like we can't we can't talk about that well then don't talk about ancient greece then because that's part of ancient greece right right and as long as you have as long as you have students at boston university who are who are willing to pay exorbitant amount of money right their parents get a say and if their parents are saying we don't want you to have anything that's anti-christian or that smacks of you know no lgbtq stuff we don't then your students are going to complain about it when they see it so he was caught man he was caught for doing just teaching the material and his faculty caved dude his faculty caved to the people who were complaining soon there will not be any teachers to to pass on this evidence to people if you keep following this direction 
Yeah, this is shameful. It's why this, we don't know about drugs. This is called puerilites, right? Erotic epigrams from the Greek writers. It's just a collection of text. And I'm just going to read you just what it says on the back real quick. It says, elegiac lyrics celebrating the love of boys, which the translator terms puerilites, constitute most of the 12th book of the Greek anthology. The book so-called Musa Puerilis is brilliantly translated in this first complete verse in English. Um, the child fashion change, fashions change in morality. This is the thing. Like people didn't understand rock because they don't understand this. Fashions change in morality as well as in poetry. The sort of attachment that inspired these verses was considered perfectly normal and respectable for a thousand years. Some of the very best Greek poets, including Strato of Sardis, Theocritus, Meliager of Gadara, are to be found in these pages. More than 250 poems range from the lovely to playful to ribald, but are all, as an epigram should be, polished and elegant. And this is this is some deep dark this I okay, I did a video about this. And all I did was I just read some of this stuff out, add some music, and throw on some visuals. Age restricted immediately. I got taken down right away. This is no like, th and I'm not gonna lie. This not this isn't like this shouldn't be this, like kids shouldn't be reading this. But this this was the world back then, right? Am I right? Like you can't you can't just ignore it. You can't just go like this. If you're gonna study the ancient world, you can't just plug your eyes and close your ears. It's reality. It happened. As you were walking down the street in Rome, you would walk by a statue of Priapus with a three foot dildo you'd for good luck you would encourage your daughters to go up and stroke the dildo right and when i say daughters i mean f girls in your family who are not yet married so that's underneath the age of 13 right we so send your 10 year old girl up yeah send your 10 year old girl up to stroke the phallus be why that's life bro that's life. the The Romans were right in it. This is right? from Ephesus, where your where your your famous Ephesus churches. It's right. It's right, this is. I'm, just, I'm not kidding. This is where they found it, and this is from Ephesus. I mean, they that's were, those were charms. Yeah, those were lucky charms that you put in front of your house, like a garden gnome. They, they look like this. Yeah, that guy. That guy is under the influence of um, Satyrion which causes you to have a constant erection. You can have drugs in antiquity that will give you a sustained erection where you can ejaculate but have no moment of regression or uh, where you lose erection, right? There's, there's no phase of, of uh, loss of erection, which is typical. There's always that phase in a, in a non- a drug influenced uh, organism human human at least you know yeah so yeah now i don't so, know if you finished galen but we have dioscorides as well this was galen too did you want to did you do this one yeah, yet? no that's okay we did that one let's okay. go to the dioscorides uh, yeah this is the dioscorides i just wanted you guys to dioscorides see I, said it, I always say it wrong yeah no that's okay it's first century you know the dating is hokey for dioscorides but you can say it's the first century and I just wanted to see that it's got cannabis on it, and there's a wild form and a cultivated form. What's the right? difference? And he talks about what they do. Well, the cultivated form, he tells you about what it actually does in the body. 
and how and how it works right and what it's used for so um even down to like you can express an oil and use it for earache right they use it for earache but what i wanted you to notice is at the bottom um under 148 you see the cannabis amedos that's the kind that is the cultivated kind and he always lists he's Dioscorides is obsessed with names with names so he always lists the street names at the bottom or the different names that are used by different people some people call cannabis they call it cannabian some some people call it and the one that i really like is the one that says asterian some people call it star right the romans call it cannabim just I, like they, just like would, they, just like they call eden or eden edem because right. of because of their etruscan influence well that's yeah. why those those two letters nun and mom and mem when you look at the old alphabets there you, you could tell they're related yeah because one of them is just a looks like a, a flag with one yeah. one little v on it the other one has two v's on it yeah so mm -hmm. for some reason the, the those two letters are and they're always next to each other right in the and all the alphabets n and m for some reason those letters are connected i don't know what it is about that but you see that they see those like it's sometimes it's one or the other depending on what language you're speaking and you can trace whichever group it is that's using it because some prefer the mu and some prefer the new so in greek so um that mu is coming from the etruscan side which is i mean it's i i theorize it's it's uh um Pulaskian. I'll bet it's Pulaskian in its origin. But anyway, there you have it. And it's got many, it's got common names and different cultures call it different things. Let me ask so, you this, though. Yeah. Because you, you I know you're the philologist. When you get the STR root, that's a family of words. What is what what is that doing there? Yeah, the STR root or sigma tau rho. If you take all the words that are based on that root you get a cult you get a cult operation you get everything from the name of the drug that's using the cult to the practice right to what it does to you to the origin through the arrows right so originally the like the oysters for example that's that poison they're using on the arrows what does it cause it causes oyster mania allows you to enter into this ecstatic state or this entheogenic state right where you can prophesy right and how, what is this all brought to you by it's brought to you by satyrian or saturn it is the golden age cult that we're talking about all the it, it's like a satellite the word star comes from there too the stars right right so the asterian right um even we can go one step further even historia if you look up the word historia that we get history from originally its oldest form is in reference to a question it means a question that you ask specifically an oracle and i know you don't believe me but if you look up an alice you'll see it it's a question that you present to an oracle it i believe why wouldn't i believe you it is the, no nobody ever believes me. i take you at face value at this point yeah okay just, good. whenever you say it, i'm just i'm just listening especially when yeah. it's about ancient greek okay good 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 so that that's a brilliant question you have right the str that root if we follow this root and it's everything around this cult this oracular cult that's able to bring you the mystery 
right? And it's the oysters is everything. The oysters is the name of the fly from which we get the word Christos. In its earliest form, a Christ is somebody stung by the oysters, right? When you enter that maddened, entheogenic state, right? That entheotic state, that makes you the Christ. When Jesus is there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's like, dude, I don't want to take this. I want to take this stuff, man. This is the cup of God, baby. It's the cup of God. And that passage we had in the beginning, that was was the cup of God's wrath. People are like, what is the cup of God's wrath? And the preachers stand up there and like, oh, fiddly dee dee. This is, this is a metaphoric expression for the great Lord, the highest, to pull out his wrath. And you hear, wow. the, kid in, you hear the kid in the background. Oh, <laughs> no, it's a drug. It's a drug, people. The wrath of God is a drug. We just saw a passage where they're administering this drug. It literally says in the Greek, he fought, the high priest of the temple in Jerusalem forces Mary and Joseph to drink the drug. That's what it literally says, to drink it, right? It's the, and it says, this is the wrath of God. We have other names like drugs for that, other names like that for drugs, right? Like the love of God. Guess what? That's the semen of the Christ. That's the love of God. Oh, wow. So when you talk about people are like, what drugs do you have? You don't know evangelical. Well, before anybody, before anyone wants to say there, if there is, what I'm going to say is there's evidence of this in the heresiologist, in Hippolytus, and I think Irenaeus, it might be both or one or the other. There's a, there's a passage about the Valentinians and how they're using, they're doing this weird rite of actually adding semen to their Eucharist. Don't don't take my word for it. Look it up. They'll go to Hippolyta. I think it's Hippolytus or it's Irenaeus, one or the other, or it might, yeah. be, it might, it might be in both actually. You know we do. They said that these Valentinians, these carp, they're doing this weird rite, adding semen to the Eucharist. So I'm not just Amon's not just saying shit that he's thinking of. He's, this is from the source. By the way, real quick, I just wanted to um, show. This is one of the oldest alphabets that that the uh, Mediterranean is using. And look at how the the mem and the nun look like they're pretty much like one is just a little longer than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's weird. Sometimes with these words, you'll have like. Adam or Aden, like it's like the, the same word, but sometimes it ends with an N or it ends with an M, but it's so, and then you'll see they were like uh, etym etymologically connected that way. It's weird. From Oracle ladies getting high and right. bringing, <laughs> bringing us the alphabet. No, yeah. Oracle ladies getting high. Evander's mother. Simplest. Yeah. They know, if they know which ones they were. Evander's mother. Great. Very important guy. Anyway, um, his mother, because of his mother, yeah, beautiful. What do, What do you think, Neil, about the um, scholars? Then I want to ask you. Um, now that you're seeing all the evidence, why do you think it is that the scholars run from this type of material? Um, they just don't know about it. Because the one, no, it's not that they're running from it. They just don't know. You are trained in this area. You got your PhD, you wrote your dissertation, you wrote a book on this. Rocks also, you are aware of this information, so you, you don't run from it. 
if they knew what you knew, I think they would be all over it. I just think they just don't know. Not because every yeah. every scholar is in their own field of where they're studying. What about what about the case? That. What about the case of Ovid? So Ovid says that he can't get an erection anymore because he's used too much aphrodisiac. So he's gotten himself to a state where he's having a refractory period because he's overstimulated himself with the drugs, right? When I, when I talked about that in my dissertation committee and working on my dissertation, um, Pete, an Ovidian expert at the school, this guy's a world known uh, Ovidian expert, James McEwen, excellent scholar, only dude to ever win uh, a, the Latin and Greek composition at Cambridge, only dude ever to win both in the same con in the same year, right? Same contest. Um, fantastic linguist, uh, amazing philologist, and he won't discuss. He won't discuss why it is that Ovid admits to using drugs right and what that has to do with you know how does that make us look at ovid differently does it make sense that the guy who's writing the book of love right the art of love he, that, those, those were his first books before metamorphosis yeah. was the love poems yeah. 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 and he was he was in that mood he was in that he was feeling it you know what i mean he's in that state so he was writing love poems yeah. very famous love poems about aphrodite yeah. about bacchus yeah. about eros yeah about lucifer and maybe that's what maybe that's what got him in trouble with the with julia right he's on these drugs and he's involved in these things probably hitting on cold, julia you know because i mean no offense to augustus but he didn't provide any he didn't provide any children he had to adopt tiberius he didn't have any children maybe ovid was was jumping in there like hey i'm i'm, I'm look at me i look like orpheus i'm a bard i'm, I'm a poet <laughs> it, it got him sh it got him shipped east up to thomas on in black sea he got in trouble for it yeah yeah he was the sitting last in thing, the last thing he wrote the tristia he says oh man i hope caesar doesn't tell the other gods to kill me because he thought caesar was so such a he's he, they thought caesar was divine not, not not talking about augustus who was still alive talk about julius caesar the adopted father who was who was seen being taken away by a comet. They thought he was apotheosis. They, they saw it. it phys the Romans physically saw the apotheosis of Caesar. Ovid wrote about it. It's in the, it's the last chapter of Metamorphosis. It's called the apotheosis. Let me pull it up real quick. Might as well, right? What else we got to lose? Why not, man? The pull out Ovid. Pull out Ovid. This is, yeah, this is Ovid's Metamorphosis. Anyone can look this up. The last page, the last, uh, book is called the apotheosis of julius caesar and he says yet even so had come from overseas to join our shrines but caesar is a god in his own city here he was supreme in war and peace though not his great campaign triumphantly concluded nor his feasts achieved at home and then he even says later on in here he talks about how augustus is even greater than his father or something or he will be greater or something anyways he would you know he was you know he was trying to get back to rome right you know, he, and, and he yeah. says he says Natristia, he says man i was traveling in a boat to, up in the black sea trying to get to the north 
and there were storms and there was lightning. He's like, I really hope that Caesar's not telling Zeus to kill me. <laughs> like he's like, he's pleading to the gods as like, does Caesar hate me right now? Please don't kill me. Like that's, that's crazy. Like that's how they, I don't know. I love that stuff. You can't get out on the, in the black sea on the coast of the black sea. You can't get what you get in Rome. And there's a whole life. People don't realize that the Christians pulled down ancient civilization. They pulled down um, the spirit of Rome and just brought everything to its knees. But there's a real beauty that Ovid was looking back to that, you know, is inaccessible. People just, if you weren't Roman, you didn't get it, right? And when the, when the Romans conquered people to the, and then all of a sudden people start giving themselves, you know, willing kingdoms to them and letting them come in. You don't realize the association with civilization, right? And and the knowledge of drugs, because that's the topic tonight, is just one aspect of how advanced the Romans were. We took a step back. Humanity takes steps back after taking several steps forward. And they did it in the Bronze Age and they did it in the at the height of the Roman Empire yeah and it, we we're just not you know it, has it taken us 1500 years to come back to a psychedelic renaissance is this you think we've we've got the future you think carl ruck can be vindicated and you know we can march out there and say look um you're not using christian i said this to neil today and i think let me just repeat it because I know it's going to make people angry. And there's nothing more delightful than pissing people off. Um, Christians today, Catholic, uh, Protestant, you are not performing the mystery. You are not. You are doing something very, very different that has not even a slight resemblance to the actual mystery of the mystery religions that you generate a christ in you're not doing it you're just not doing it your religion is the falsified unrectified stultified petrified mystery that is in that came from the first century from jesus it is not the same thing. I'm sorry, people, but all of those promises of ionic life, they don't mean what you think they mean. They don't. They don't even have the concept eternal life. <sighs> so I wanted to show something real quick, if you don't mind. This is from an article I just found um, from Johannes Van Ort. He talks about how Augustine in his De Heresibius 46, 9 through 10, writes about the Manichaeans, which were, t you know, doing a ceremony where they collected menstrual fluid and sperm and added it to their Eucharist. Okay. So there's that. We were talking about that. And that's not the only place where this source is. Uh, apparently, Epiphanius writes about this, but it's also in other heresiologists like um, Irenaeus. But real quick, I have one more thing I want to show. I just found this article from another person who, and this is just, it's not that I found it in this article. I 
This is all in the sources that I was referring to. But this person put it all into one spot nicely in this article where he talks about the Valentinians, the Carprocratians. Look at this. The Carprocratians uh, had a secret gospel that turned out to include a scene in which a naked Jesus gives instructions to another naked man. And this hint of homosexual encounter was used by the Carprocratians to justify blah, 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 blah. Um, here we go. We have the... What's the other one? The Ophites. The Ophites, Epiphanius relates that in their Eucharist, they let loose a snake which slithered among the loaves of bread on the communion table. The fascination with serpents stemmed from the reading on the account of the fall in Genesis. To them, the serpent who tempted Eve is not the villain, but the hero. So I'm I just want to. I'm just throwing this. Sources are amazing, aren't they? I sent that source, Epiphanius. To, to to Carl Rock, um, where it's specifically where he talks about the seed or semen, um, right, having to do with the ejaculation of semen. And I said to Carl Rock, I said, is there any other possible way that this can be read other than you receive communion by performing fellowship? Bible scholars know about this. No. I, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised when I tell you this. Bible scholars know about this. M. David Litwa talked about this on my channel, so they're not hiding from this. Like you, like I know you like to, I know you you think that they're 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 like not looking. No, they know about this. It's not the Christians that are going to talk about it. It's the critical scholars that do. Why Lit, can't we? Lit was all over this stuff. Lit why knows. can't why can't we get the Christians to talk about it? Why can't the, you just? That's the that's Christian history. That's their history being completely thrown in the like that you know how bad that looks to say oh the early christians were doing eucharist they were adding semen to their cups of wine you know how bad that looks they don't want to talk so they instead what they do is they invoke the heresiologists and say oh <laughs> irenaeus he was a proto-orthodox and he he called them out for what they are <laughs> it's like nah there's a reason why heresiologists exist because that was popular for the Christians. They were doing it because it was popular. It was part of the, it was part of, I'm not saying every Christian was doing it, but they were doing, there were a lot that were doing it. The most importantly was Jesus doing it. You know what I mean? Is that, I'm, that's what I think. I think when I, when I, when I get with um, Professor Kloppenborg this weekend, I want to get, I want to ask him what he thinks about, like with the who because he's he's does the q stuff he's also wrote about christ association groups he knows a lot about these early christians and i just want to ask him where do all these heresies come from if not from christian groups early on like you don't just come out with this stuff out of nowhere it came from somewhere my guess is that it started off wild like 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 it started off that way and then got like cleaned up as time went on not the other way around and the reason why i think that because look at christians today you don't see any old fights around today that's all the closer you get to jesus the more the more you see that the farther away from jesus the less you see that and then in the third and fourth century they really start to like clean things up i think they start to get more doctrinal start to get more dogmatic I don't know. You you might say that in those kids that are getting molested by the priests, you There's still have you still have a hint, right, of that whatever that's that. What, power that's, that's actually a really good question. Is like, 
why is it that keeps happening? Look, what is it about the structure of the church that this particular incident keeps popping up a lot, like every week, every day almost? And like every local news station has some some uh, some priest somewhere doing something like that. It's like, why? Well, there's got to be an explanation for it. This is it can't just be a coincidence. It's almost like it's intrinsic to Christianity to have a situation where you're going to foster the growth of uh, child rape. I mean, you can't. This is actually a good uh, opinion, though, I think, because the type of person that becomes a priest that says, I will never marry, I will dedicate my life to the church, that type of mindset, you're denying your your own self. You're denying your own, like, identity by doing that and i think that a result of that is what we're talking about think of the evangelicals too i mean you've been in evangelical circles you've seen the youth it happens pastors. there too it happens you've there seen too. the youth pastors and these kids have been sanctioned by their parents right just like kids they're given a jesus and his disciples yeah, are saying, that doesn't make any sense though because those pastors yeah. are not they're allowed to get married but they're still doing it too something about it i watched it happen to a youth pastor i watched it happen you just can't kick aphrodite you just can't kick her there's a power there within the mystery that pulls it when you've got this mystagogue this youth pastor who's telling you the word of god this is the word of god this is the word of god let me give it to you when he's doing that you're going to develop you're going to develop these power rape situations there's a reason zeus is always raping these young oracles he's always dragging off these girls isn't he the soter isn't he the savior isn't he the look what about his divine son heracles right isn't he supposed to carry that title of the savior yeah he is he's still got his boy with him right he's still got his boy with him there is something intrinsic to the performance right that you have to have some kind of intimate orgy there has to be there's a reason the greeks call it the orgy right clement of alexandria wrote about the in exhortation to the greeks said that orgy those orgiastic rites and then he even he kind of admits how they're so great in one of the, one of the one of the passages he says oh how great are those Eleusinian mysteries like after he just got done talking a bunch of shit about it, he goes, "Oh, how great are those rites!" I'm like, "I'm like, I'm telling, like, go read it. Tell you, go read it. Exhortation to the Greeks. Everyone should read that because it's such a great source for getting an early Christian's perspective on the Greek world that still exists." Clement's writing at a time before the church when the when the Eleusinian mysteries are still in full swing, and so it's a great source. You have to read that. And he also reveals a lot of the mysteries that are kept secret by other people. He's not afraid because he's a Christian. So he's revealing all the inner secrets that they're not supposed to tell. Clement's one of the main sources for that. It's a great resource for early church history because they're yeah. describing what's going on. People think, oh, it's we're the orthodoxy and that's the heresy. So that's not a part of our history. Evangelicals are taught this, right? Anything that not according to the faith it's not it's really ah oh, that just happened because those pagans no no no. these are christians who are engaging in sexual rights right with leaders who are immune to uh, snake venom 
right? There's nobody on this planet who is immune to viper venom unless they make themselves immune. Paul is one of those dudes. And Paul is toting around his relationship, Timothy, right? Which he uses cult language. And I'm starting to. He's hanging out in Macedonia where the uh, Dervani papyrus was found, right? (laughs) That's that's a main uh, hub for orphism, you know? Like, so this is one of my questions for, for, for Kloppenborg in a couple of days is like, well, how does Christianity get to Macedonia and within a century, some random guy, Jesus, that no one knows about gets killed. And all of a sudden, within a couple of decades, there's churches all the way in Macedonia where orphism is already the most popular thing in the world. Why is it? Why are the, why is Paul right into a church in Macedonia? a couple of decades after a guy in Israel got killed. Why, what, what's the connection there? So, and obviously I think it's something to do with the, um, the hypsisterians, these Greek monotheistic movement that's happening, but I think it comes out of the Orphics. I really do. I'm convinced right now about that. I want to get his thoughts on that. Cause he's really, he's the, he's the guy right now. If it's a mystery, if it's a mystery operation, of course, it's coming right out of the Orphic side. So that makes perfect sense. But no sense. one ever asked that question. We, we, okay, why? Scholars will say that ju- there's the reason why Jesus, there's no sources for him is because he was just a small movement. You don't, you wouldn't expect someone to write stuff down. All right, fine. I get, okay, that's fair. But if he's a small movement, then how does Macedonia know about him already? Within a few within a few decades of his life, what's the church? What is this church in 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 Thessalonica? Who are they? How do they know? Why do they believe in Jesus if they weren't there? So it's like, how does this message spread so fast? That's what I'm trying to find out. And notice it's the resurrection that he talks about. That is the counting. He's he's remember Paul is delivering people over to the devil, right? He's it's a mystery operation to do that. And right. he's and he's doing that repeatedly. And if you're really swift, you'll notice that it always has to do with some kind of incestuous sexual thing that a Christian is doing. It's remember, not just remember, a question. Remember you and I were checking out the Epaphroditus verse. And we're like, yeah. why is he so he's so happy about this gift from Epaphroditus? He calls it a sweet savior of the gods. Thanks for sending this boy Epaphroditus to me. I'm so happy. Right. He's going he's gonna to take care of all my needs. Yeah. What is yeah. going on in that passage? Yeah. And his needs include being exposed to something. That, that's well, Aphrodite is a common name for, for like young slave boys. That, yeah. And that means loved by Aphrodite. Right. It's it, like a common slave name. Yes. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah. To, and, and then Paul's single. He doesn't have a wife. It's like he was hanging out with this Aphrodite guy all the time. Like, And he's being oh, supported. And he's being supported by the matrons of the purple, right? So he's got he's got a drug. Most people don't realize it, but Paul has drug um, sponsors, right? Drug company sponsors. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> you know, of that, you, you, we have one more source left up. This Pythian four, we forgot to. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is this is Pythian number four. Which for those of you who have seen this, this is an oracle. This records the oracle of Medea when she was at Thera, giving oracles there. And Hera kindled in the demigods an all-persuasive sweet longing for the ship Argo. 
so that no one would be left behind to stay by his mother's side, nursing a life without danger, but even at the risk of death, would find the finest elixir of excellence together with all his companions. You know what the, you know what the uh, group was doing? I've got the Greek below, right? Look, you see the word pharmacon? Yeah. El epi chi thanato pharmacon calistron eos eritas elixen eristai soon elios. Nice, nice. Yeah, nice, Neil. Yeah, he would find that greatest pharmacon, that most beautiful drug, even in the face of death, right? From the very beginning, this is about some kind of pharmacon, right? It's not, it's not just accidental, not just metaphorical, right? Because when they get there, what is Medea? She is the polypharmacon. She is that one who can bring that fire. This is straight up mystery. The, wow. the Christians, the Christians cannot recognize this mystery. Finest just, elixir, it says. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's what they're looking for. And this is and the here, etymology right here. Yeah, here all. I just want people to know. Look at all the words that use the pharmac root. That use the far, and you have everything from individuals who are dispensing drugs to drugs themselves, to a verb for administering drugs to some remedies some poisons right and if you look at pharmacao the verb at the top it they say to suffer from the effects of drugs to be drugged to be in a state of pharmacon and it's not necessarily good or bad right so yeah look at um for those of you who wonder okay uh why it is that people questioned when i came out with a dissertation on drugs People questioned, are you, you know, are you exaggerating drug use? Look at the language. Look at how many words are based on that one root for drug. Look at that. It's all over their society. This is literally hundreds and hundreds. On the of top, words. you got 4,000 just for that one. And then you have 6,000 for that bottom uh, form. Nice. nice. So 10,000 10, uses yeah. of this word just from two yeah. forms of this word right imagine imagine if we made such a deal out of the word virgin parthenos right christians in the back room you know what i'm talking about christians will come out with a parthenos and they'll wave that virgin in your face dude i've i've got so many drugs i can bury you you know what i mean when that midwife sticks her fingers and palpates mary's cervix um, when she does that and she pulls them out and they're burning, she's like, oh, these are burning. This is in the gospel, the infancy gospel of James, 150 AD. It's as early as any of your Christian stuff is, right? And she pulls out her fingers and screams. You, could, you might as well just put that into a, into a medical uh, uh, text by Serenus, the, the ancient gynecologist. You might as well put it there because that's what they're talking about. You can't ignore the drugs, people. And the last thing I'll say about that, the drugs, is, um, and you should ask Kloppenberg this. Ask Kloppenberg in Nonus, in Nonus, in his commentary on the Gospel of John, when they give that kid, I mean, when they give Jesus the cup on the, on the, when he's hanging on the cross and he's all like, oh, I'm thirsty. Uh, and they're like, they try to give him a cup. They say it's a cup of vinegar. 
And Nonis points out, he says, this is just an antidote. He says, this is the name for an antidote against the dipsass poison. That is yeah, that's crazy. I got to bring that up for sure. That's nuts. Bring that up with him. Say, why is, why is there, why are they talking about antidotes in Jesus? Was Jesus ever involved in drugs? He was taking the cup of God when he was arrested with a naked boy. He was yep. taking the cup of God when he was arrested. He was with sweating profusely, praying too. What's going on? There's weird shit going on. Ecstasy, but, um, bro. But yeah, I love this kind of stuff. I got to piss real bad. But I want to, before we got to go, <laughs> I'm trying to like rush you out of here. I'm not trying to do that. But um, go and subscribe to Lady Babylon. Because you are putting out two videos a week at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just putting out your content's getting better and better. Your quality keeps improving. You just got a new microphone. I'm always watching. I know people that are watching now also, but a couple new people here probably check out Lady Babylon. Go and subscribe. Link for the books in there as well. <coughs> Anything else you want to say? I just want to say thank you for having me on, Neil. I appreciate it. And I want people out there to see that this is the museum, man. This is the museum. It's coming back. And Neil is right. We're at war. And Derek is right. We're at war. And if all possible, guys, for the sake of those in Tennessee. By the way, um, you just heard that Twisted Sister cannot have a concert in Texas anymore. Because just by virtue of wearing lipstick and women's dress, specifically lipstick, I don't know why, he can be charged with a felony. That's wild. What is going on in the world? It's getting worse. I'm asking you and Derek. We to, think we're get, we move forward, but we're moving back. Yeah. That's why I'm, we're at war. I'm asking you and Derek to Thena come. versus Jehovah. Yeah. You got to pick a side. Thena or Jehovah. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's what we should have our debate on. People, I want Derek and Neil to come to Satanic Initiation next Friday for a fight club wearing nothing. But what is illegal in Tennessee and I think Idaho and Texas. I see what you're saying now. I like that. All right. Let's do it. You have just attained true gnosis. Hell. Hell Satan. You have just attained true gnosis.